welcome to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is the sermon for the week of February 24th, 2019, the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany. The sermon is entitled, A Blindfold or a Microscope, and is based on Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hamill. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in our sight, O Lord, our Maker and Redeemer. Amen. Judge not, lest you be judged. It doesn't matter if the person that you're talking to isn't a Christian. They may not even be somebody very familiar with the Bible, but it seems that they're able to pull that verse out of thin air at just the right time. And it can certainly take the wind out of things, doesn't it? They, the people that quote that verse, they usually quote it when, rightly or wrongly, they wish to highlight how you as a Christian are, are closed-minded or judgmental or hypocritical. They use that verse as kind of a bludgeon to, to beat us up, to, to quiet us up. They do it because they feel like when we say those things or do those things that make them defensive, it's like we're holding a microscope up to their lives to try to find every little fault and, and something that is wrong with them. And to them, the solution is quite easy. They want to put the microscope away, and in turn, they'll give you a blindfold. After all, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, then obviously there is no evil. So is that how a conversation has gone for you? Have you ever experienced that? Maybe you were left with an uneasy feeling because you felt a little bad about their comments, that they feel hurt, that, that maybe you were a little too harsh, maybe you were hypocritical, Maybe you should put that microscope away, but at the same time, is, is a blindfold the solution? So what do you do? As I think about it, I can sort of feel for you. I, I don't really like either of those alternatives. I don't like to be known as that person who holds everybody up to the microscope, but I also don't want to live my life with a blindfold on. As it turns out, those aren't our only two options, are they? But when we live this life, sometimes it seems like they are. So let's understand why really neither of them are good and what the alternative is that truly is better. Now, one of the first reasons why living by that microscope is a bad idea is because we fall into the oldest sin of all. Go back to the Garden of Eden. The serpent comes to Eve and says, wouldn't you like to eat that fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because when you do, your eyes will be opened. You will know good and evil. You'll be like God. And boy, doesn't that sound desirable. To be like God. To sit in his position. To, to have everybody else come to you to be above the law, to not have to answer to anybody, but to be the one in charge. 
that's something we all struggle with, isn't it? We all struggle with this same sin because we want to be God. We want to be number one. We want to be that authority. We don't want to have to answer to anybody else. We make the excuses because we justify ourselves. Each and every day we struggle with this particular sin. We want to be God, but we're not. Jesus reminds us this. Don't judge. Remember, you are not the judge of all people. God alone is the judge. So don't elevate yourself to his position. You're a creature. You stand under God's judgment just like everyone else. So Jesus puts us in our place. But there's more. See, if we live our lives by that microscope, what we're doing is we're taking that law and using it against others, and we're forgetting that the law isn't just for others, it's also for us. See, the law isn't meant to be used as a microscope so much as it is a mirror. And do we like that? No. We don't like the law being used as a mirror to stand before God and to hear what is wrong with us, the things that we have done wrong, the things that we should do but haven't. But when we use the law as the mirror, it truly works. Because we know our motives. We know our hearts. We know why we did that or didn't do that. The law can truly crush us. When you use the law as a microscope, it doesn't work the same way. Instead, you start to take out your scorecard your scorecard of sins, you start to rank them. This sin is a, is a big sin. This sin, it's, it's a minor one. It's not that important. And usually the way things fall out, the minor sins just happen to be the ones that we are guilty of. But the major ones, all of the people around us, and they better watch out because God is going to get them. When we think about our sins, and the sins of others, we start to make excuses and we start to say, well, at least my sins, they're not so bad. They're not like that other person's. If you have a temper, well, at least you don't drink. If you drink, at least you don't cheat on your spouse. If you cheat on your spouse, at least you haven't killed anyone. And on and on it goes. You make those justifications. You rank the sins. You try to put them in order. But it just doesn't work that way. All sins are sin to God, and they all fall under his judgment. See, when we use the sin, when we use the law as a microscope, we show that we don't want to apply the law to our own lives, even as we love applying it to other people. And the blindfold, it doesn't get much better, guys. To live as if there is no truth, that there is no right or wrong, that, it, that everything, it, it just doesn't matter in the end, that is 100% contrary to God's word. And what is more, it shows a real contempt for the people around us. If you have children and they tell you, Mom, Dad, I'm going to go play in the street. 
Mom, Dad, I'm going to go touch something on the hot stove. Mom, Dad, I'm going to go stick a fork in the electrical outlet. You don't say, oh, well, that's nice. Have a good time. You better not. I mean, if you do, even the laws of our land would recognize that you are not fit as a parent, that you are reckless and cruel. See, even without opening God's word, we recognize you can't let people do things that are bad for them, that are dangerous. You have to show them love. And that's really what connects both the blindfold and the microscope, isn't it? Both are unloving actions. It's unloving to not treat someone as you want to be treated. It's unloving to see somebody do something that puts them in harm and danger and sit idly by. So what is it that we should do? What is it that Jesus is calling us to do? It's to love, to love the people who are around us. And although that's hard to describe, put into situations that that fit our lives, I think the plainest way to say it is this, that we must point other people to Jesus in everything we say and in everything we do. Because that's what Jesus is commanding us to do here in that gospel reading. He isn't giving us suggestions. He isn't saying it's nice if you would do this. He's saying, do it. But have you tried? Have you tried to live like Jesus is telling you to live? It's hard. It's difficult. It doesn't come natural to us. And the more you struggle with it, the more you think about it, what you find out is that, yes, Jesus is commanding us to live this way, but he's also describing himself, isn't he? Jesus is the only one who does these things and and did them perfectly. Jesus loved his enemies. He blessed those who cursed him. He prayed for those who mistreated them. He turned his cheek. Jesus gave and expected nothing in return. Jesus showed mercy and compassion to everyone. And yes, Jesus could call out people's sins too. But when Jesus did so, he did it in kindness. He did it with reconciliation in mind. He did it wanting to bring forgiveness to that person. See, Jesus, as God's Son, could truly judge other people. That was within his rights. But Jesus did not come to bring judgment and condemnation. Jesus came to bring salvation. Jesus came to bring reconciliation. And you have to let that sink in. Now it's true, Jesus will come again in judgment. But he waits. He's patient. Why? Jesus wants all to come to the knowledge of salvation in him. 
He will come in judgment, but he waits. He doesn't just pounce on our sin. He waits. See, when we focus so much on judgment, we're focusing on whose sins will be condemned. But isn't our greater task to focus on Jesus? To focus on the one who forgives sins. And whose sin does he forgive? Our sin, right? But not just our sin. The sins of the whole world. And if it's the sins of the whole world, that means the sins of our enemies. The sins of the people that we're having difficulties with. The sins of the people that we are putting under the microscope or people we are choosing to ignore. Maybe we shouldn't focus so much on the very real condemnation Instead, maybe we should focus a little bit more on the very real life and blessing that God offers by faith in Jesus. See, Jesus is calling us to live with compassion and patience, with love and with truth. I'm not saying we should ignore sin. I'm not saying that we should pretend that sin doesn't exist. But before we get up and start throwing judgments out against other people, maybe we should stop for a second and think about how God deals with us and our sin. God doesn't need you to fix the world. Only God can fix the world. God does not need you to save someone from their sin. Only Jesus can do that. And so we need to live in such a way that understands that reality. And like I said, it's it's hard to give a one-size-fits-all answer. It's hard to give a, a black and white, this is what you do in every situation, because I don't think it works that way. Jesus did not live a one-size-fits-all ministry. He reacted differently to different people in different situations. In other words, Jesus came into our messy world, and it got him messy. But no matter how we interact with people, we cannot lose focus of this one thing. Jesus came to this world to die on the cross. That was the goal of his ministry, to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again on the third day. Jesus came to die. And by his death, he came to seek and save the lost. And he calls us as his disciples to do the same thing by pointing other people to Jesus. In other words, it's not about choosing between the microscope or the blindfold. It's about pointing people to Jesus. It's about showing them the cross. Because the cross of Jesus is our only hope. It's the world's only hope. This is the way that we can bring about 
reconciliation, forgiveness, by showing them God's love in all its fullness. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the Sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.